welcome back to the Midweek Podcast, and welcome me back. Um, I am welcome. Michael Patterson, and I'm sitting here with the elders. We're doing part two to the Lord's Supper. Um, if you haven't heard part one, I would say go take a listen to that. The elders did a great job trying to discern, is Jesus saying this is literal, this is my body, or is it symbolic? Um, it serves kind of like a primer. But now we're going to get into some nitty-gritty stuff. And um, there's a bunch of questions that come out of the Lord's Supper, a ton of questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are not going to answer them all in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but we're going to try to answer as much as possible. Yeah, right? that's right. Um, so if you fellas are ready, I'm ready. All right, let's you go. good? Yep. All right. Let's do it. Lord, do it help us. Yes. Um, all right. In 1 Corinthians 11, there's some interesting things Paul says in this text. Um, for starters, he says in verse... 29, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Mm. In an unworthy manner. What is Paul trying to get to there? Great question. Mm. Yeah, so in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul's talking about a meal that he, God gave, Jesus gave to his people. And when they eat it, one of the many things they're supposed to do is portray their unity together. Mm. In 1 Corinthians 10, so a chapter ago, he talks about this bread. Is it not one loaf that we eat together? So, you know, so is this not just one loaf, a sign of our unity with each other? Mm. In 1 Corinthians 11, they're eating the supper in an ununited manner. There's clearly divisions in the way they're eating the meal. Mm. The rich are showing up. They're eating before the poor arrive. So they're eating at a different time. They're eating better food than the poor get. Sometimes the poor get no food. Mm-hmm. So they're eating different qualities, different quantities of food. The way they're taking the supper is saying anything but that they're a united family. It's saying mm-hmm. they're, we're a disunited family. Mm-hmm. That's right. So just within the immediate context of 1 Corinthians 11, I would take verse 27 in an unworthy manner mm-hmm. to be eating the supper in a way that's saying something that's not true about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So you're lying when you take the supper. You're, you're taking it in a way that's saying something that's untrue about Jesus. Mm-hmm. What are they saying that's not true about Jesus? They're saying that Jesus doesn't unite us. Jesus doesn't overcome the boundaries between rich and poor. Jesus does not create one family when he died and rose again. So, um, yeah, I think, I think the unworthy manner would be uh, an untrue manner, a, a, a manner of eating the supper that lies or misleads about who Jesus is. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty, when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. So it's interesting in the Greek, he just mm. basically says, instead of eating the Lord's Supper, we're eating our own supper. Mm. And it's, it's about us. Um, so the context here in First Corinthians 11 is, is overwhelmingly clear that there's division in the way we're not, they're not loving each other well. Mm-hmm. In fact, even one step further than what Ross said, they're even getting drunk mm. before they come. Like, it's like, it's not even like, oh, sorry, forgot about you. It's like mm-hmm. they're coming, they're arriving after a hard day's labor because they're in a position where they have to work longer hours. Mm-hmm. And all these aristocrat Christians, so-called Christians, are drunk by the time they get there and there's no food for them. I mean, can you just mm-hmm. imagine the kind of horrible message that, that would communicate to the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. but it's 
interesting that 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 through 8, mm-hmm. says this, Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with leaven leavened bread of sincerity and truth. Mm-hmm. In the context of 1 Corinthians 5, remember this is a whole letter, so this is all likely read in one one sitting. Mm. It's all kind of connected, but 1 Corinthians 5, Paul is like calling them out for actually condoning the you know the behavior of one man who's sleeping with his probably stepmom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and so they there's a sexual immorality that's rampant in that community, um, and then at least oh, even if people weren't actually doing that same action, they were complicit by condoning it and being okay with it. Mm-hmm. And maybe even boasting that they were so, um, you know, what's that word? Um, when you're very, like, tolerant. Even boasting mm-hmm. that they were tolerant mm-hmm. for sure. this. So it's interesting because first game is 11, there's a big emphasis about just the unity, and that's the main thing. He even ends the whole passage in first uh, in verse 33 and 34, reminding them, it's kind of cap ending, that the emphasis is about being together um, and unify, mm. unif- unification. But yet there are other passages consider how, you know, for sure when you're living in division with a brother or sister and not caring about them, that is unworthy manner. Mm-hmm. But it also probably includes if you're sleeping with your mother-in-law, you know, or your, your, your stepmom. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think one, <laughs> I think one interesting thing you said about this passage, Sam, is that we usually take an unworthy manner to mean like, Oh, I slipped up this week. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, on one hand, you wouldn't want to take the Lord's Supper if you're still living in unrepentant sin and intend to. 100%. But on the other hand, yeah. this particular passage is yeah. probably not first and foremost referring to that. Exactly. It's rather talking about the manner the yep. community practices a sacrament yep. in. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. Yeah, I would just say we got it flip-flops, right? So that's the big emphasis. I mean, we probably all grew up. Um, what, if you grew up in church, just this mindset of like, hey, make sure you don't take it on a manner. Everyone bows their head, examines their heart. Did I screw up this week? How was my devotional time? Yada, yada, yada. All those things are valuable, right? You also want to make sure you're not in unrepentant sin. But the emphasis is the unity in the body and making sure you have, you're loving your brother and mm. your sister. And so that should be what we highlight, which again, remind, like challenges our ecclesiology, like is, is our church thing primarily pews facing forward and we're all individuals coming to a service that we're attending and paying our little tithe, you know, tithe to attend a service where we're all individuals or we a family. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that changes everything about what it means to take the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? On the other hand, <clears throat> um, it's a good word. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so important that we come to the table thinking about what we're doing, yeah. thinking about our, our lives. Uh, and, and I think in light of what we just said, it is uh, so important that we consider, are there people that I've sinned against? Are there, is there mm-hmm. anyone that I have division with? So it's, yeah. it's, it's not just a question of, is this body united? Are we eating at the same time? Yes, there, there's also uh, something you should be considering yourself. You should be saying, um, does my life contribute to the unity of this body and what's happening right now? Yeah. Or, or am I, am I here and, uh, in heart or action, uh, saying something different about the Lord's body than he intends mm. to say in the, in this moment? Do you guys agree with how I, how I phrase that? Yeah. Yeah, I would, especially because Jesus says, and Paul says that if your life continually 
drifts into unrepentant sin, you're supposed to be removed from the supper. Exactly. So certainly there must be a degree of a desire to pursue personal holiness in order to rightly be taking the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what Sam said is really helpful that you don't want to get into this, I screwed up last night. Am I worthy to take the supper today or not? Yeah. But more like, am I repenting and believing right now or right. do I intend to keep wandering into my sin right now? Yeah, the whole yeah. point of the Lord's Supper is to come to Jesus in faith, right. taking refuge for your sure, sin because we're sinning because we're not. Yeah. It's, he it's, alone. Yeah, it's the, yeah. he didn't it's say, worthy. you know, in uh, if you are unworthy, you know, he says, if you're taking in an unworthy manner, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So we're all unworthy. <laughs> Our worthiness is only derived from Christ, but it's yeah, just the manner right. and we're taking. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. So, I, so I think conclu- conclusion of what we're saying, this text is... One, uh, broadly speaking, talking about a, a manner in which we take the supper. And the chief context is having to do with the unity of the body in the way that, you know, there's impartiality, right, that, that Paul is calling out. Um, and, and we could also draw an implication, though, and say another unworthy manner would be to be living in unrepentant sin yeah. uh, and coming in and, and saying, uh, yeah, I'm God basically taking God's grace. Yeah, taking I mean, advantage of it's God's like grace. Romans six, yeah. right? Like, shall we continue to sin so grace may abound? Right, right. right. It's like I got my free pass here. Right, I can keep doing what I want. It's sadly kind of how some people view, you know, kind of like confessional, you know, in, in within the Catholic Church. You know, just mm-hmm. kind of come and I kind of continue my thing. I just got to say it, and then I'm good, and right. then I come back when I'm ready. Yeah. Um, so we try to so welcome. Like we try to welcome our congregation every week in our devotionals to come and find refuge for your sin yeah. that you committed maybe this morning. Yeah. Come. You're welcome. This is the point of this. But at the same time, I think it's good and right for churches to say, hey, consider. Consider your life. Consider yeah. consider whether you are causing division in this family uh, or, yeah. or uh, you, you, you are uh, leaven in this in this bread, right? right. In other words, that you're bringing uh, unrepentant sin into this family and corrupting it through your life. So that's, yeah. both are important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. These words are weighty. There's just no way around it. And I think Paul uh, Paul's not making this up, right? I mean, Jesus said in Matthew five, "Leave your gift there before the altar and go. Be reconciled to your brother first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then come and offer your gift." Yeah. Um, the Lord's Supper is most certainly uh, is worship first and foremost, right? Um, so we, we we do want to be reconciled to one another, the unity piece, and we don't want to do it in an unworthy manner, which can also mean unrepented sin. So um, one loaf means unity, Ross said, and they're eating it in a divisive manner. And if there's people I sin against or wrong, we need to we need to get in order right Mm -hmm. which leads to hopefully i can tie this into another question i have for you guys Mm -hmm. um verse 29 for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself Mm. now that's 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 pretty weighty Mm -hmm. yeah but here's another (laughs) another question what does paul mean what does he mean without discerning the body 
when you look at verse 27, he seems to use the word body, soma, specifically to the body of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And yet in verse 29, without flagging us clearly, he kind of just shifts, I think, to the body of Christ being the church. And I think the reason why it is so seamless is because they should be seen as seamless mm. in one sense. So you got the physical incarnated body of Christ that was broken and, and battered for us on the cross. And yet, when we think about the the, the church, we think of the body of Christ. They're, they're in one sense, inseparable. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the past, when I first started studying this, I was like, oh, the body, it's, it's talking about the church, only the church. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, yeah, maybe it's supposed to be kind of like both and. Because Jesus doesn't even see that differently. We just even see this motif just over and over again, even like Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right? Like, it's just like, there's just like this inseparability of, of his people in him. Yeah. Right. Whatever you do to the least of these people, you done unto me. It's just we're we're we easily kind of separate them, but they're just so unified in the the, the with the Lord. Yeah. I don't it's, know. It's a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's both. So I think specifically in verse twenty nine, especially because of the context is of what he says all the way to verse um, thirty four, and just the overall mindset of First Corinthians just being about a big thing about is unity within mm-hmm. the church and and factions and so forth is mm-hmm. a lack of discernment of what's going on within the body. That's that's my sense. Mm-hmm. This is me, Sam. Pastor Sam speaking, but you guys can push back against me. But I, I think it's specifically, but inseparably, inseparably connected to the body of Christ, Jesus's physical body, but also specifically here. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm speaking two, two sides of the mouth, right? <laughs> I'm saying it's specifically this, but it's both that. Yeah. But it's, but it's that. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate a lot of what you're saying and just have a few thoughts to add that I do think we should read verse 29 in light of verse 27 that Jesus is talking about his body and blood. And then verse 29, he talks about discerning the body. So I do think in the immediate context, um, discerning the body and blood means being acutely aware of who Jesus is, what he did, and what who the church is in light of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But Sam's totally right that by chapter 12, the word body is talking about the church. <laughs> so just a few verses later. Yeah. Right. So I just, I just wonder if discerning the body means being aware of who Jesus is, being aware of who you are, being aware of who his church is and all the implications it has in the context of being in a church body. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you're eating the Lord's supper in a way that's disparaging or differentiating, differentiating yourself from your brother. Mm -hmm. So you're creating disunity in the body of Christ at that moment, you are clearly unaware of a key part of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't mistreat your brother yeah. in the church body and have a deep awareness of who Jesus is and believe all that. Yeah, it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. So I think I think Sam's right that these concepts are bleeding together. Right. That that discerning who Jesus is Mm-hmm. inevitably leads to a certain family life within the church that Paul's talking about in this mm-hmm. chapter. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's maybe the way I would summarize it. Would mm-hmm. you say that uh, Paul would, would speak to an unbeliever who shows up and you know they, they're not even sure they, they believe, but they come and they take the supper? Uh, and <laughs> would you say that he'd say that is that is in an unworthy manner. You're not discerning the body. Like, how, yeah, how, is that a, 
an appropriate implication of this text mm. in your mind? Mm. It's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we didn't talk about that one beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like he doesn't even have a concept of someone who's not a believer yeah. taking it. Yeah. Obviously, they, they all know in their mind and in other passages that there was going to be the church's mixed bag. Mm-hmm. We don't know until certain things happen. But it just seems like that's just not even a category he's operating out yeah. of. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's just a, this yeah, it seems like in this thought. immediate context, he's writing to Christians yes. about taking the Lord's Supper, and there's yeah. a way a Christian can take it in an unworthy manner. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, just even the foundations of the Lord's Supper is a Passover meal, which is with the family. It's yeah. only family. Right. It's just not even conceptually <laughs> makes sense. And those who were not of the family could only take it if they like became part of the covenant family. Yeah. So yeah. it's just from the very foundations from the Bible from where Passover comes from it's always just been within kind of covenant family yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, thanks for entertaining that question <laughs> I, I don't you know brother I don't know like 29 I think so whenever I heard 29 growing up discerning the body of Christ it made me sit there and like it, it, it made me feel like I had to think real hard about like Jesus's body on the cross mm-hmm. and I like thought about the passion you know here, here's me as a high schooler like trying to being very visually not understanding like it's by faith not by sight but like literally in my mind trying to think about like honestly the passion of the christ sure like images of jesus dying and like oh i get to really feel the weight of jesus dying yeah and i wonder if he means more of are you discerning of the body because he's kind of like talking about that from verse 17 on like he takes a break to talk about the body and blood of christ but from verse 17 and on he's talking about like the absolute Ignorance that he, he even says, be, when you come together, verse 17, it's not for better but for worse. Like they're just ignorant of what's going on in the body of Christ. Right. He they don't understand how much of a scandal and how much they're wounding and, and, and harming their brothers and sisters and, and what an example that is. So hmm. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like it's torn. Like I, yeah. I lean towards just because after verse 29, he immediately goes into uh, if we judged ourselves truly. We judging ourselves, yeah. how we are as a church, not if we judged how well we are conceptualizing the cross and what the implication right. of the cross is. But it, it seems more about, are you rightly? So, like, I don't know. I mean, when we do the Lord's Supper at All People's Church, like, uh, should we? This is obviously not a foreign concept. We've talked about this many times at our church. Yeah. But should we really call, like, are you discerning our body right now? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, church, are you? Because I remember... When I first started learning this, um, the per- pastor who taught me this was Todd Neiswanger at Cornerstone Church, and he taught through First Corinthians. It was like his hobby book, so he would go through it over and over again. He taught it at the Bible college, so he really heralded this. And in his community groups, he would lead. They would take the Lord's Supper. That's another co- conversation. They would take the Lord's Supper, and he would look around. And part of discerning the body, he would look around and says, "Is anybody?" Is everybody right with each other right now? Right, right. Is mm-hmm. anyone this? Because and, and he said he would say even in that meeting, some people would say we're not, and they would literally leave the room, work through it, pray, reconcile, come back, and then they would celebrate and take the Lord's supper together. Yeah, they would take it until they. I mean, how beautiful is that? Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. like okay, everyone look around. Have you guys all discerned Jesus' body enough? Like, you, are right. you sincere enough? That's right. Then you could take it. 
Yeah. But it seems more like, is there a unity? I don't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, it kind, of, it kind of ties into what Jesus said in Matthew 5, right? Leave what you have presented as a worshipful gift to God yeah. and go reconcile with your brother. Now, we, we need to get moving real quick. So I'm going to start. Yeah, I may be wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to start firing off some questions here. But I mean, if we have enough time, I do have a question just tied to discerning the body, Christ in the church. Sure. But if, if we don't get to it, that's fine. So just some quick, quick questions here um, that will just satisfy my soul um, <laughs> let's when we when we gather and we do the supper we, we celebrate using elements and the elements that we decide or not decide what we believe the Lord points to is bread and juice grape juice yeah but there's other Christians who use wine. According to you, it was, what, what was it? What blood. Did you say? Blood. Then you said wine. Wine. You said it is juice. A, yeah. This last Sunday. I was like, let's yeah. drink the blood together. Um, that just sounds weird, right? That was so funny. <laughs> um, but th- these these elements are presented at our church. And I, I just want to ask the question, is it just bread or just grape juice or just wine? Can, can we use other elements um, when we are celebrating and remembering what the Lord has done to us when we partake this meal. Mm-hmm. I'd just say uh, the Lord was very intentional in choosing these elements. Mm-hmm. So Passover lamb, it was a once a year kind of thing. And it was a very intentional uh, image uh, for certain. It was, it was, it was a pointing to him as the ultimate mm-hmm. lamb. But but right. taking bread instead of a lamb right. <clears throat> is to talk about it as like it's pulling down to more daily reality, daily nourishment, mm-hmm. daily need. Um, mm. I think it, it was something that was common. Bread and wine was common food choice, food groups for them. And, um, and I think that he also used them to point out things about himself like bread being torn or broken and it was unleavened bread broken like his body was going to be shredded and and you know fruit of the vine is blood like it looks like blood right so i think he's got he's got some really important imagery that he's he's laying out for us so i think um i think a strong case can be made for sticking to these elements because of what they signify, yeah. um, even there's a good case to be made for wine. You yeah. know, wine is more bitter than a, than in like a grape juice. Yeah. And the church through history has used wine. I think because they used wine, like literal alcoholic wine. They may have mixed it with water, but yeah. Um, but I will say, on the other hand, if you you step into a, a culture culture or environment where there is not. Mm-hmm. A uh, grape anywhere in <laughs> the thousand miles, right? Nobody's planting grapes, right? You're not going to have that. Um, then I don't think the answer is never participate in this uh, mm-hmm. in this supper and, and remember mm-hmm. the Lord in this way. I think the answer is find things that would be similar. So maybe it's a red a red drink that you can get your hands on. Uh, I did that in Bangladesh. I, I was you know it was disgusting but it was some red drink i have no idea blood. what it was it that was uh, my brother shared with me <laughs> it was no it was nasty man it was i i think i like went and found the bottle later i was like okay this is a edible drink but man that was not good yeah. okay but it wasn't grape juice uh but yeah something red or something at least poured out uh something you can pour so a drink and then and i and i'd say probably it's not meant to be like a 
a Mountain Dew or a dessert, right? Mm-hmm. But like, but like something that gives the idea of nourishment. Like mm-hmm. these are common nourishing uh, elements from our culture, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you can get as close to the pictures that the Lord is Crazy. trying to mm-hmm. trying to set up for us. Um, real quickly, yeah. real quickly, would you? So you would disagree with most Presbyterians who would say these elements were consecrated by God. He made these elements holy unto him. So they only use bread and wine, uh-huh. let's just say. You, you're saying, well, there's more freedom. Well, first, in, in, a, con- in a, mi- uh, missionary context, in in a missionary context, context, in a context where they don't have these, these elements mm-hmm. readily available. Sure. Well, then why, do we t- why do we do bl- grape juice? Why don't we do wine? Well, I'd, I'd be willing to have that conversation. <laughs> I struggle. I sure. struggle with it. But the only thing that may, gives me freedom to use grape juice yeah. <clears throat> is because in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he says, fruit of the vine, fruit of the vine, fruit of the vine. And so it seems like same family. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not as old. Yeah, because there, there, <laughs> you know? there is a specific Greek word yeah. for wine, winos, mm-hmm. and the phrase Jesus uses is yeah, fruit of the vine, which seems a little less specific. Probably back then that was just another way to refer to wine, though, so sure. to be perfectly like straightforward. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think wine is preferable in many settings. Um, and if you don't have wine, something related to fruit, something that comes from fruit is probably the, yeah. ne- the next best you can get. Mm-hmm. So even in India, they might not have grape groves like California and wine production companies mm-hmm. like California, but they got to have something that comes from fruit. Yeah. yeah. And every culture has bread like I really like how Jesus uses these universal elements for baptism it's just water everyone has water yeah for yeah. communion right. bread. everyone has bread right. well there, there, there was wine. pushback in, in China for missionaries in China and they would they would they would they wrestled with translating um, the bread of life to the rice of life mm-hmm. you know in some missionary context to try to make it more transferable mm-hmm. um, sure but it just comes down to like if you have it available, yeah, I don't know. Why change it? Generally speaking, yeah, bread and some sort of fruit of the vine is available. Yeah. Maybe not every everywhere, but in most yeah, places. Yeah. And when it's available, why why deviate from the symbols the Lord wrote about? It would be my kind of just where I'd land on that. Your pushback, Michael, though, with the, yeah. the prohibition thing or, 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 you know, it's consecrated. For me, I, I struggle with it um, in mm-hmm. the sense that um, if, if the Lord said it, it must be these elements, then um, then I would definitely not deviate from that sure but it seems a little bit like there there could be some freedom but but because it's not clear for me i'm just like just yeah just do what it said yeah yeah you know just give do that as much as possible mm-hmm. but I, I do think there is maybe some christian liberty because the emphasis is not the elements is ultimately what the elements are pointing to right because we're are putting like like we said in our last one our faith is not the elements mm-hmm. right it's just right. what they're pointing to that's why i feel yeah. a little bit more christian liberty there yeah um but i I could be wrong. That's that's where I'm yeah. at. Yeah. But, well, but the wine can, thing is interesting. We can we can agree saying peanut butter sandwiches and Coca Cola mm-hmm. is something that we're not going to do, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I, I appreciate that. Let's let's do one another quick hitter. Um, should the supper be administered by a pastor? Hmm. I don't know if that's a quick hitter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, this is this really does uh, have a lot of. Um, there's a lot of tentacles to this question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I think we we might disagree on it a little bit in how we we would unpack this this question, but. 
just how it works out in our church family. Um, on a given Sunday, we, we don't just have uh, pastors only, right? Like the elders of our church leading that time, but we have co-leaders like yourself, uh, co-leaders of, of missional communities, which are pastoral in in a lowercase uh, realm. Like they're they're pastoring people alongside the pastors who are who are leading these missional communities. But um, but yeah, they're, not, they're they've not been called as a pastor at this point, right? So, but we do give that that place, and I think our our liberty there is that this is happening under the authority of the the elders and and uh, with the congregation. So it's it's not something that has more power because it comes from my lips or or my hands yeah. uh, than it does right. another brother. We do take seriously though who shares that uh, devotional and and mm-hmm. leads that time. Right. Yep. We want them to be men that are qualified and that that can. Uh, help shepherd people's hearts to put their faith in Jesus in that moment. So that's really important to us. Yeah, I think that's a helpful summary because even in the New Testament, while the meal seems to be taken in like a church context with pastors and nowhere says like the pastor has to hand it out or the pastor has to say right. the words. Mm-hmm. So it seems like there's some freedom in how mm-hmm. we go about just taking it as a church family. And yeah, yeah I love how we do it. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the pastors administering it, for me, administering it, I'm actually against it being solely pastors because of what it communicates. Like mm. we're so trying to fight upstream to this mindset of like clergy versus laity divide mm. and how like we need to redeem the priesthood of all believers. Mm-hmm. And as much as we can continue to remind people, no, everyone should be gospel fluent. Everybody should be able to think and point to Christ, mm-hmm. not just the the called pastors right so i i mean and and so daniel alluded that we may have some differences here i think all of us are on the same page that we don't see scripturally scripture mandating pastors but then we would probably have varying degrees of discomfort on like who could do it who could like lead it (laughs) where you know and and i I would even feel comfortable with uh, a sister doing it my my wife points me to the cross regularly you know i can and, and maybe you guys wouldn't feel comfortable doing that, but I, I would feel comfortable doing that because I don't mm. see that as an authoritarian kind of position of exercising uh, authority. Authoritative. Authoritative yeah. position exercising like elder oversight over soul. Sure. But right. more of just the the admonishment and the exhortation that we need to make it in this fallen world regu- regularly. That's me, you know. So I'm on the other side of it, I yeah. guess, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I've never, I haven't thought through that deeply but when you say that I'm not like whoa recoiling or anything like, yeah. it seems to make sense yeah, yeah. well um, I don't know if we have enough time to get to the to the other questions that I have um, but just as like a quick summary here in terms of what this means I mean it it, it basically symbolizes unity right mm-hmm. um, we shouldn't be eating it in a divisive way or in an unrepentant way that's right. something that we were talking about discerning the body right could mean both discerning Christ and the church, uh, which, you know, again, I have a question for that, but I'll hold my tongue. Um, And also, um, these elements are uh, intentional. It's what they're pointing to. Sam says it's not the elements itself, but what they are pointing toward, um, the broken body, the shed blood of Christ. Um, All of these things are so important, and the Lord's Supper is a supper of worship, and we ought to treat it that way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, gentlemen, I think maybe we are good to cut it off. No. Here. Oh, wait. You have one more. <laughs> Please. Oh. 
Just feeling, feeling pressed. It's not a question. Okay. I just want to make a comment real quick. Okay. Is that okay, brothers? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll allow it, brothers. What is okay. I mean, are we going to say no? <laughs> we do have a choice. Like, nope. Okay. And, and the podcast. Okay. I just think everything we've been talking about here should give us all the um, the sense that God takes his church very seriously. Mm-hmm. He takes what we do together very seriously. Mm. Very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, when we come together, this is not a social club. This is, this is God and us submitted to him and to his word. And we worship in, in his way. And, in, in, and uh, we worship because he's, he's God and he, he's worthy of it, right? Mm-hmm. And when I read these, these words, we said, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. And mm-hmm. verse 30 of chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, mm-hmm. that is why, this is the New Living Translation, that is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yet, verse 32, he says, yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Mm. Yeah, mm. man, that is that is wild, and I, I just want to just want to bring that to our attention so that we consider that um, our God cares about these things because He loves His name, and He wants He wants His name to be pure in our heart and mind and before the world. Oh, yeah, and that's why things like that happen. That's why God disciplines his children so that we sometimes need, we wake up to our foolishness mm-hmm. and how we're so ignorant in our actions. Mm-hmm. And um, so we bring these things to the table. Yes. One, so you can be comforted and yeah. so you can, every time you come in and may feel guilty or guilt or shame for your sin, you run to the, you cling to the cross in that moment when we take the Lord's Supper together. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, we, we want you to come and, and come reverently and considering the, the great reality that we've been bought by the blood. Yeah. Like wrath was dumped on the sun so that we could be there. Amen. So anyway, I just, I just think all of this shows how serious yeah. the church is and what all of this is pointing to. Yeah. So thanks, Mike. Yeah. Thank you for that, Pastor Daniel. Thank you guys for having me. Um, and church, I just encourage you, if you have any questions that popped up from this podcast, um, the pastors will love for you to answer, uh, ask them. <laughs> Not me. Ask Mike um, too. No, 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 no. No, no they, they have it. They have it. Anyways, God bless you, church. We love you.